0: Well, good morning. I'm glad to see each and every one of you here. Um, Brother John and his family should be coming back from their vacation today. And uh, I know that's a well-needed time off. And uh, so you be praying for them as they are coming home, praying for traveling mercies. Uh, at this time, let's begin our moment in prayer. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for, for Jesus and his sacrifice. God, and I thank you for your spirit that lives inside all who believe. God, I pray that your spirit moves in the service this morning as we continue our walk through the book of Acts. God, thank you for this word. So God, I pray that we, uh, we hear from it, we receive it, but we also go and live it each and every day. It's in your sons' name, I pray. Amen. All right, if you will take your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 12. Uh, last week, Brother John walked us through the first five verses of chapter 12 and, and bled in a little bit to these verses that we're talking about today. Um, but as you're turning there... Let me ask you, has there ever been a moment in your life where you said, I cannot miss this? There's no way I can miss this moment. Um, Maybe you have children that play sports, and especially, I always think about baseball, where maybe where uh, they're coming up to bat, and you got that phone out. Your moms love to do this. They got that phone out ready to record them hitting that baseball, that softball. They love to capture those moments. They don't want to miss the moment, and so they also don't want to forget the moment as well. Uh, I, I know growing up, home movies were always the big deal. You wanted to capture every moment because you didn't want to miss it, and then you always have this stack of, of VC, uh, VHS uh, tapes that are just sitting there now because no one's got a VCR anymore probably, but, um, but that was always the big thing. i got to capture that moment so I don't miss it, and that way I can watch it again later. We, we don't want to miss moments. Maybe It's a TV event. Maybe if you're a big sports fan like I am, you don't want to miss those big sporting events. You don't want to miss those big games and those big moments. Uh, And and especially with with TV in general, you want to be able to have conversations the next day with your coworkers or some of your friends because you don't want to be that one person that doesn't have anything to contribute to the conversation. We don't want to miss big moments in life, but I'm afraid there are times where we're missing what God is doing in our lives, He's doing something incredible in each and every one of our lives, and I'm afraid we're missing it a lot. And so from last week, you remember, we talked about how King Herod destroyed, was destroying the churches, and he's coming after their leaders, and uh, we know that he killed James, the brother of John, and he had Peter arrested. And it had come to the moment where Peter was supposed to die, and this is where we are now in verse 6. So let's read that verse 6 through verse 19. Now, when Herod was about to enter, uh, about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door, where uh, were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, "Get up quickly!" And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, "Dress yourself and put on your sandals." And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city, and it opened for them of its own accord. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I'm sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Verse 12. When he had realized this, he went to the house of Mary to the mother uh, mother of John whose uh, other name was Mark where many were gathered together and were praying and when he knocked at the door at the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Verse 18. Now when the day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what, they had, be- what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. And then when he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. So we see in this passage passage three instances where someone or a group of people missed God working in the moment. First we have Peter, right? So understand Peter is asleep in prison. He's got two soldiers beside him. Peter is sleeping pretty well we're going to see in a moment and and, and i don't know about you but if i knew i was going to die shortly i don't know how well i'd be able to sleep that's just me i don't know i don't think i would sleep very well but obviously peter was because we see when the angel came it says in verse 7 that the angel of the lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell again i don't know about you but if someone was flashing a light in my eye i'd wake up peter still asleep what took to get, what did it take to get peter awake keep reading it says this it says that he the angel struck peter on the side and woke him saying get up quickly i imagine that that punch didn't feel very good i don't know how hard angels punch but i imagine it didn't feel very good right that was a tough lick and it woke him up and we see what happens from then on. He, the angel's saying, Hey, get up, get your stuff, we're going. And then we'll see in verse 9, it says that he went out and he followed him. Peter did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. Peter's like, There's no way that this is real, this has to be a vision. See, a vision is something that occurs in the future. He's like, there's no way this is happening now. This is something that is going to come. This is something that's going to happen. And Peter was missing God working in the present. And I think many times in our lives, we know what God is capable of doing and the miracles he can perform. We even quote Luke 1.37. It says that with well, nothing is impossible with God. But I think we keep pushing that narrative to future events. Like, I know God will work a miracle. I know God can do incredible things. Nothing is impossible with God. But yet we don't really apply it to moments in the now. And we find ourselves looking to the future, missing what God is doing in the present, and only realizing it after it becomes our past. Catch that again. We find ourselves looking to the future... Missing what God is doing in the present until the moment that it becomes our past. I can't tell you how many times in my own life where I've looked back on life and I say, you know what? God did something incredible in this moment in my life. God did something incredible when I was at college. God did something incredible when I was in high school. God did all these things in my life. Incredible moments. And then I think, man, I wish I would have known that when it was happening. So I can, I can embrace the moment then. But many times... We look at the moments after they pass and realize God did something. We keep missing it. And it took the angel leaving Peter for him to notice it. Look at verse 11. When Peter came to himself, the angel has just left. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. We miss the moments where God is working right now. And it takes it becoming the past for us to realize it. This leads to our second instance where we have a group of people in the house of Mary, including John Mark. And uh, we'll start reading in verse 12. It says, When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice. And in her joy, She did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. So we see in verse 15, Rhoda has come. She's like, all right, I know that's Peter. I recognize his voice. But instead of letting him in, she goes to tell the others that are in the house, hey, Peter is at the door. Peter is outside. And they say, what? You are out of your mind. If anything, it is his angel. Because they have already accepted the fact that Peter was going to die. And I know they were at peace with God. They're praying. And I know that I feel like they know that God can do anything, but they've already accepted the the consequence of Peter being arrested. They accepted that Peter was going to die. And they were missing, because of that, what God had already done. They were missing what God was doing in that moment by saving Peter. He's at the door, and it, it took an extra knock at the door, right? Verse sixteen. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. It took an extra knock to get their attention that somebody is at the door. How many times in life has God had to get your attention? How many times, if you're like me, you're pretty stubborn and you think you don't think about anything, and God has to get our attention. God has to wake us up out of our sleep, out of our ignorance, and say, wake up, I've got something going on. We think back to Genesis 11, where we had the people at the Tower of Babel. They were building a tower so tall that they could reach the heavens. They're basically saying, we don't need God anymore. He's done things, but he's done, and we're going to build this tower so that we can reach the heavens on our own. What did God do? He separated them. He split them up, changed their language. God had to get the attention of Moses. How did he do do that? Exodus 3, he sent the burning bush to get Moses' attention. In the book of Daniel, it took three guys going into a fiery furnace, looking in and seeing four people in the furnace, and then them coming out alive for King Nebuchadnezzar to get the attention from God, to understand what God was trying to do. See, the people had given up on Peter being alive and they missed the fact that God had already saved Peter and it took that second knock for them to get the attention. See, God will use people and circumstances in our lives to get our attention. Sometimes it's a very good hit in the ribs like Peter experienced with the angel. It could be a knock upside the head, it could be whatever, but God's going to get our attention when he needs it and he needs it all the time and eventually he gets tired of our stubbornness but my fear though is that we're not responding to what god is doing even right now in this moment god's trying to get our attention and i think at times that we're not responding to what god is trying to do we come sunday after sunday hearing and listening God trying to get our attention, and yet we walk out these doors, not listening and and, and missing the moment right in front of us. Which leads us to the third person, King Herod. King Herod, verse 18, Now when they, when the day came, and there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. King Herod could not see the miracle that had just happened right before him, because his because of his hatred for Christians. He hated these believers so much that he could not even see that God was working right there where he was in that moment. Herod was so caught up in himself and his emotions. And for some of us, we can't see God working because we're so caught up in ourselves. We get caught in our emotions and our opinions, whether we like this song or that song, whether we like this preacher or that preacher. How dare they make me sit here in this pew, but, but put someone on my row as well? Why are we even doing this? Let's get back to normal. This is pointless. We can't see past ourselves and our opinions, so we miss God. And Paul understood this, and in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, he says this, I die every day. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die every day. And he's basically saying what Jesus had already said in Luke 9, 23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. See, to find God and to see God at work, we must put ourselves to the side. Hear me again. To find God and see God at work, we must put ourselves to the side. We must humble our hearts to look to Jesus. My question, though, is how are you willing to respond? How are you willing to respond to what's being said? Do you see yourself missing God, but thankfully recognizing the moments afterwards, like Peter? Maybe we respond to say, you know what, I want to do better to see God in the moment. Is God constantly having to get your attention for you to see him working? Remember, Peter knocks at the door to get the attention of the people in the house. He had to do it an extra time. We compare that to Revelation 3.20. What does Revelation 3.20 say? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus stands at the door and knocks, calling for our attention. And he has knocked numerous times getting our attention. Maybe for some of us, it's getting our attention that we need to be saved, that we need to repent. We need to 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 finally put our faith and trust in him. But again, my fear is that for some of us, that God's been working in our lives, knocking at the door, and we keep missing it. And the reality is, one day it will be too late. The door will no longer knock. be knocked. It reminds me of the final judgment in Matthew 25. See, Jesus takes everybody and separates them into two groups. One group, he says this, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. That's Matthew 25, 34. And he tells them why they're blessed by the Father. All the things they were able to do, the things that they were able to accomplish because they trusted in God and they put their faith and they served. But to the other side, to the other side, the other group, Jesus says this, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. That's verse 41. Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. And he lists the reasons why they're now cursed into the eternal fire. And the second group responds by this question, and this this is a troubling question, that I'm fearful that a lot of us in this world, including some of us in this sanctuary today, might be asking one day the second group responds by asking Lord when did we see that was verse 44 they start off their question with Lord when did we see see we keep missing moments where God is Working, where God is calling us to salvation and repentance, calling us to serve others. And one day it will be too late for many, and they will have to stand before God and ask, Lord, when did we see? Lord, when did we hear from you? When did we see you? When did we. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to point to a lot of moments in our lives where he said, You missed it. You missed me at work. You miss me calling you, singing that church pew on a Sunday morning. Right now, God is calling you. He's calling you, every one of us in this room. He's calling you right now to die to yourself and follow him. Die to yourself and follow him. God is doing incredible miracles in your life and the world around you. We need only to open our eyes and our hearts to receive it. Choose right now, in this moment, to not miss another moment. You wouldn't dare miss a big moment in your life or your children's lives. But why do we keep missing this moment? Why do we keep missing God calling us to something greater? Why do we keep missing God calling us to salvation? Why do we keep missing God calling Calling us to change our attitudes and our hearts, to change our change the way we see people, the way we treat people. Why is he why we miss those opportunities to serve? And God is calling us to. You have an opportunity right now where you are, where are in your pew, to change that. To pray, God, I don't want to miss another moment. God, I don't want to miss that salvation. God, I'm asking for it in my heart. You have that opportunity to ask that today to God. And God said that that for all who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. God's calling us all to something, something greater. God's working a miracle in all of our lives. We need only to open our eyes and our hearts. Respond right where you are. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the opportunity to not miss a moment. But God, I do thank you for the times that we miss, that you you call us back to it, that you remind us, God, that you're working and you've done amazing things in our lives. So God, I'm praying right now that you would stir in our hearts. God, give us what we need to serve you. Challenge us, convict us, God, to do your will. God, if anyone needs to make a decision right now, God, that you you would pour into their hearts. God, you would change their hearts, and they would keep their focus on you. God, we love you, we praise you, and it's in your son's holy name I pray. Amen.